This is the Game Changers Experience. Deep dive conversations with leading business disruptors, Olympic athletes, celebrities, entrepreneurs, and influencers from around the world. This show will teach you insights about the winning principles in mindset, productivity, marketing, branding, entrepreneurship, business strategy, and more. Hosted by Productivity Authority, business strategist, former elite athlete, author, and public speaker, Adam Strong. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Game Changers Experience with myself, Adam Strong. Today, we have another great guest here on the show. We have my good friend, Scott Aaron. Now, if you don't know who Scott is, Scott is an internationally acclaimed and award-winning online marketeer. He's a three-times best-selling author. He actually just released a brand new book, which we'll talk about during the show as well. Uh, he's a podcast host and he's a speaker as well. Um, Scott is a LinkedIn specialist, specifically specifically focus on creating traffic, generating leads, creating sales, and building human connection over on LinkedIn. Uh, Scott has a has created a strategic approach about how to do this. He teaches entrepreneurs and coaches and you guys that are listening in as well about how to create more money and how to create more organic traffic to your LinkedIn profile, especially and uh, some of the things that we're going to be talking about Today, more specifically, I want to talk a little bit about Scott's transition from fitness coach to LinkedIn specialist because me and him share same uh, same type of uh, background, which is going to be fascinating. Uh, we're also going to be talking a little bit about the human connection element because that was one of the reasons why he's on today's show because I turn 98% of guests down. And the reason I do is because I, I authentically feel like like from 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 especially from Scott's perspective, is that he has really mastered um, how to connect with people and humans in, you know, really really on a deep level, which is a really cool thing. Um, we're going to be talking about the best approach about how to. Uh, we're going to talk about the best approach about how to connect your ideal audience without without coming across too salesy. Don't just hate those connections where they just like, you know, just don't even bother making the effort. That really pisses me off. Um, and uh, we're going to be talking about some of the tips and tactics about some of the do's and the don'ts around LinkedIn profiling and stuff like that. So um, so without further ado, Scott, welcome to the show. Adam, grateful to be here and uh, looking forward to unpacking all of that and more. Absolutely, 100%. So um, first of all, congratulations on the, the launch of your book, which I, depending on when you're listening to this episode, of course, it came out on August 29th. Is that right? That is correct. It came out yesterday, August 29th. And uh, at the time of we're recording this, August 30th, uh, it is sitting at number two in the best sellers list uh, in the sales and selling category. So it is uh, creeping up the charts and uh, hoping by the time that people listen to this, it'll become my fourth number one bestseller. So looking forward to that. Awesome. And now for you guys that um, um, want to go check that book out, it's called, um, is it called LinkedIn Book for Sales and Marketing? Is that right? That's it. The LinkedIn Book for Sales and Marketing. I made it very easy for people to find. <laughs> what a convincing title that is, uh, guys. Anyway, listen, I want to, you know, jump in here really, really quickly because um, what I was going to say to you, because your background is not obviously LinkedIn originally. Your background is fitness specific, boot camps and stuff like that, which is very much, very much kind of like, 
I suppose that's where we kind of like crossed our paths and had really similar pathways. What I suppose from I suppose my real first real question was what got you to leave that in part of the industry? Was there like out of frustration or whatever it is? And how did you transition to the kind of new LinkedIn type of online marketeer phase and stuff like that? I'd love to know what your thoughts are. Yeah, you know, I, I think to to understand why I got into the online space, you have to understand how I got into business in the first place. So I, I've always been an entrepreneur. Uh, I started when I was 18. So I, I tell people that I've been psychologically unemployable since day one. So I've never had a boss. <laughs> um, I've never I've never worked for anybody. So as the story goes, my father is also an entrepreneur, still is. And he made a, a bad business decision when I was a, a freshman in college that landed him in federal prison for two and a half years. Holy and... Christ. In between the time where he was uh, sentenced to when he went away, he actually uh, purchased a, a failing gym in downtown Philadelphia outside of where my family grew up. Mm-hmm. And unbeknownst to me, that was going to be turned over to me when my father went to prison six months later, which it was. So I became a business owner at almost 19 years old, having no experience. I was literally thrown wow. into the fire. Wow, And it, it was kind of the best experience for me because I, I hadn't been impacted by the quote unquote real world uh, of, of working for someone. So I've, I've learned from day one how to be an entrepreneur, how to build something of your own, you know, how to really be consistent and, and having goals. And there were a lot of ups and downs there. You know, millions were made, millions were lost. There was a, a personal bankruptcy involved. I lost a house. There was a couple of divorces. There was a lot. There was a, a rocky times. <laughs> That's drama. Wow. But you know, as as Darren Hardy talks about the entrepreneur roller coaster, the first thing that you do when you get on a roller coaster is you pull that safety harness down because again, you're going to fly out of the cart. So it, it's not a straight line. So about 2013. So at, at this point, I had been in the the fitness industry for 15 years. Wow. I was only 33, but I was burnt out. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I'd been doing about 70 plus hours a week um, of, of working and training, running the gym, doing boot camp, personal training, sports nutrition, corporate wellness speaking, all of that. And I was looking for some ease. My son was about one years old, okay. and I wanted to be more of a present father, uh, a present um, husband. Uh, brother, son, because I was, you know, even though I did work with my father, that that's all it was. It was work, 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 and I had no life. So a friend of mine asked me an interesting question, and this is what really got the wheels churning. He said to me, if you got sick or injured where you couldn't train people anymore or the gym went under, what would you do and how would you make money? And I didn't know. And at that point, I was now looking to the online space to start freeing some time. So I started doing some online wellness coaching. Um, I would do online wellness workouts, uh, nutrition programs, and it ramped up really quickly and it freed up a lot of my time because I didn't have to be in the gym training people. I didn't have to work hour for hour for hour. Right. So the light bulb had turned on. And then at that point, I said, you know what, if I want to uh, increase my income, but lower the amount of hours I work. I have to go to a platform where when I do raise my rates, 
people can afford it, which will then allow me to stop doing the one-on-one in person. And I I was sitting in a conference, uh, a personal development conference, and the host of the conference brought all these very successful entrepreneurs on stage and, and all of them were talking about the power of connection and the power of conversation. And they all were saying that they, you know, had had five, six, 7,000 conversations to get to where they were. And I said to myself, well, I can't do that on Facebook and Instagram. <laughs> that, that's not what the, the platforms are set up for. And I remember back in 2009, so this is four years earlier, I had signed up for LinkedIn, but did nothing with it. It was collecting dust. So I went on there. I changed my profile around. I started searching and connecting and messaging. And Adam, no lie, within about two or three weeks, my calendar was full of appointments. And I was growing my business. I was scaling it. And then I had friends also in the online industry and in, in that space reach out and say, listen, I, I see and heard about what you're doing. Um, can you teach me? So I, I taught a couple of my friends what I was doing. One in particular reached out after two weeks and said, listen, um, he goes, I have 14 appointments booked this week. You need to be teaching this. You have something here. You cracked some sort of code that is allowing people to have conversations and book these sales calls to generate more revenue. So that's where the light bulb turned on. I'm like, this could be it. You know, I don't have to do any personal training anymore. So I started to divert my energies to more business consulting and coaching, teaching other people this strategy and methodology that I created that first worked for my business and now was working for others. And I was able to patent it, copyright it, trademark it. And now almost 10 years later, that's what I'm teaching today. Wow. That's amazing. I, I love that. That's a really, that, that is a great story. I love that. And you, you know, there's one thing that came across when we first spoke is one of the things that I picked up from our conversation is the fact that you love to help people. I mean, we both love to help people like genuinely really love to help people. And, and, and I find generally people from people that have a health and fitness background, health and well-being background, they're already there because they've been working in that industry for some time. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. You know, it's, you know, I attribute a lot of the success that my wife and I have with the company that we run uh, due to the the lessons that I learned being a health and wellness professional for 18 years, because I fully got out of the industry about six and a half years ago, but it was what I learned, you know, training for bodybuilding shows and and you know setting uh, powerlifting uh, weight goals and doing percentages. But you know, if I would to if I were to extract the main lessons learned being a health and wellness and well-being professional. It's consistency, routine, structure, and showing up every single day. Love it. And, you know, to to build the body that you want, you have to nourish your body the right way. But you don't work out once and look, you know, like Arnold Schwarzenegger walking out of the gym that same day. it's, It's about consistency and repetition and routine and structure. So all I did was make that applicable to what I was doing on LinkedIn and then created a structure and a routine around what I was doing that I was able to duplicate and show other people how to be successful. But the one thing, Adam, that I always stress to people, I had to prove that success first. 
because I wasn't going to be able to teach other people how to succeed if I wasn't succeeding off the bat, which I was. So I earned the right. There's a lot of coaches out there that just start coaching people that really have no path of success on their own. They don't have anything to go by. I proved the concept. I built the success path myself, and now I'm inviting as many people down as possible to follow me. Yeah, love it. Some very cool stuff. Uh, now I want to go on to something which is which is a which is a topic that you're highly passionate passionate about, which is human connection. And I want to use I want to ask you a question because a lot of our listeners are leaders and entrepreneurs and business owners from around the world. I want to want you to be able to ask. I'd like to be able to ask how can we use that tactic more specifically to create a compelling and highly converting LinkedIn profile. So first and foremost, the, the, the big thing that people need to understand um, before I get into the whole aspect of your profile, yeah. I, I, I want to preface this by kind of going back to what you said about human connection. Mm-hmm. The most important and powerful marketing tool that we as business owners have is sitting in our back pockets every single day. And it's our innate ability to create organic, genuine, and authentic human connection with other people. You want to sell more. You want to help more people. You want to create more revenue. Build more human connection. Build more relationships. Build more trust with people where your name is consistently coming out of other people's mouths. People ask me all the time, you know, how do your books do so well every time you launch them? It's because I've taken time, energy, and effort to nurture my network and give it extreme high value for free every single day. So when it does come time for someone to make some sort of decision, they're already been qualified. They're like, you know what? I'll pay the $3 or the $15 to, to learn from him even more in a book that he's put out there. But when it comes to your profile, that's the homepage of your website. So you, you need to set up your profile on LinkedIn, almost like a calling card. You want it to be crystal clear to the person visiting your profile exactly what it is that you do. You don't want it set up like a resume or uh, things that are too verbose where there's just a bunch of verbal vomit on your profile where it ends up confusing people instead of actually uh, bringing clarity to, to who you are, what you do, who you serve, and how you do it. And there's different facets to it. And I talk about this in chapter two of my new book, um, you know, the, the construct of your, your LinkedIn profile. And outside of that, uh, on my website, there's a free download. It's my my uh, LinkedIn profile infograph. But the premise is, you know, creating a journey for people. So having a, a clear, invisible headshot with a, a clear headline of what you do, not a key phrase. So what people need to understand, Adam, is that LinkedIn is based upon keyword searching. So it's a search engine. SEO, search engine optimization. So what you see a lot of people do is on their headline, they have this power statement of who they serve. Now, what you have to think about is the end user, the person on the other side of that computer screen. If they're going to the search engine, are they searching 
for an entire keyword phrase or are they searching for keywords? Quick little words, you know, coach, business coach, mentor, you know, uh, podcaster, author, lead generation, marketing, branding. They're searching for specific keywords. So you have to think about, you have to reverse engineer this. Mm -hmm. So in your headline, you should have keywords that reflect who you serve yep. and how you serve them. So on mine, it has business coach, lead generation, LinkedIn coaching, marketing, branding, expert authority, mastermind, podcaster. It has all the different keywords of all the searches that I want to appear in. So you always have to think about that passenger side perspective, the person that is looking for you, what are they putting in as a keyword in that search engine that's going to enable them to find you? That's what should go in your headline. Now, the about me section is where you unzip yourself to your audience. It's where you tell your story and you can go as deep as you want with your story, but I make three recommendations. Number one, make sure your profile is between 300 to 500 words in length. Number two, make sure that you're telling your story in first person. I, not third person like Kramer from Seinfeld. You don't want someone else <laughs> telling your story. You want to tell your story. And third and final is you want to have a specific call to action at the end of your profile, uh, end of your about me section, which could be visiting your website or emailing you. You need to create a journey. So wherever you want people to go, whether it's going to your website for an opt-in or um, you know just emailing you directly to talk, you want to have that in there. The experience section is where you list everything that you've done. It's not just about what you're doing right now. People want to see your journey. People want to see the transitions and the pivots that you made, much like mine. If you go down to the very bottom of my experience section, the first thing or the last thing you'll see is my last gym that I closed six and a half years ago. <laughs> I didn't remove I didn't remove my health and wellness past because that's a part of my story, right? right. And it's important for people to see that journey. So you list everything and anything that you have done that's relative to your journey Obviously, the top one being what it is that you're focusing on right now. Within those experiences, you want to list, you know, about two to three sentences worth of a description explaining it is what you do. Not bullet points like a resume. Bring some life and bring some juice to it. Right. The other sections are also important. So uh, any licenses and certifications that you've accrued. Uh, volunteer experience, any philanthropic work that you've done, education, um, listing the top skills that you want to be recognized for. But also this brings me to the final part of your profile, which is a recommendation section. This is your testimonial area on your LinkedIn profile. If you were to go to mine, you would see over 500 written recommendations that I've accrued over the years because you want your – you want – your business and your credibility spoken for by other people, not yourself. So when someone goes to my profile and they pan down to the bottom and they see a common theme, which is nearly 500 people saying, yes, this guy knows what he's doing. You should work with him. It starts to pre-qualify people a little bit more that are going to reach out to you because now they're not thinking – 
I wonder if Scott knows what he's doing. I, I wonder if he actually is a LinkedIn expert, like it says on his profile. Well, well, number one, they're going to see three LinkedIn books that are all bestsellers at this point. Number two, they're going to see a very successful podcast. And number three, they're going to see 500 individual people that have said, yes, this guy knows what he's doing. So when you construct your profile like a billboard that people are seeing going down the highway, it's eye-catching. People can't help but look. It's going to drum up more people to reach out to you, thus connecting more, building that human connection relationship, and on the back end of that, creating more sales in the business that you have. Love it. Some 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 great um, golden nuggets there. I love that. And, you know, there's a couple of things, actually, which was really interesting because, as you know, the amount of times I come across people's LinkedIn's profile and, you know, some of the things that you just mentioned, they're like really basic bits and pieces that I feel like so many of you guys really need right now. Like the first, you know, I'm a really big endorsement endorser of first person right from the heart type thing about your story. I, you know, and I, and I feel like, I don't know about you, but I come across people's story and it's either written too short or it's always about them. I, 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 I. And it's like, no, don't do that. It's like, if people hate that, people hate um, people with big egos. Do you know what I mean? I'm, I'm just like, you know, show me the human element, a human part of you. It's just it's so important. And the other thing that I really love what you just said, which is the recommendations part where people are so underutilized that now you've got 500. I thought I was doing well with 80, but 500, cutest to you, my friend. Thank you. Yeah, I, I mean, it, it's one of those things where um, when you impact people the right way, mm. you get people the right results, they're more than happy to write you a recommendation. Yeah. That, that's what business is all about. It's about scratching each other's backs because it's, it's not a, uh, an all about me. It's how can we all win together? That's the way that I look at business. Yeah, absolutely. Now, one of your, um, I was going to say, one of your tactics is all about um, connecting with your ideal audience. And you, we mentioned this at the beginning of the show, but one of the things that really drives me insane, and you would have seen this, right, where people have reached out to you and there are certain what I call no-nos, like things that you just cannot do, otherwise you're going to be deleted, right, from the kind of, you know, friend request or whatever it is that you want to call it. But yep. From your perspective, what is the best approach? Now, say, for example, um, I was one of your clients as an example, and I said, hey, so, you know, I'm doing all these things that you asked me to do. You've asked me to connect with people, but what's the best approach to connect to my ideal audience? What do I, what do I need to say without coming across too salesy, too pitchy, because I'm sure that they probably have at least a million people requesting um, are there certain things that I need to look for in people's profile as well when I'm doing the research? Let's know what your thoughts are. Yeah. So the, the first thing is, and this is something that I teach all the time, is identifying two types of connections. Mm -hmm. One being your ideal client or your ideal client avatar uh, or ideal audience, as you said. Now, to clarify this, that is the individual that is best suited for your offering. So you know, if you're listening to this, start to think about my offerings and what I have, whether it's a, a product, a good, a service, coaching, a mastermind, memberships, whatever it is. And think about from a profession or industry standpoint, 
if you could line up the ideal people that when they are presented what it is that you're doing, they're like, yeah, done, where I sign, take my money, I want what you have. That is going to be your ideal client. And that's why keyword searching is so important because everything that's listed on your profile should make sense to that person that you're then connecting to. So when you are connecting for an XYZ profession or XYZ industry and they accept your connection, they're going to check your profile out. And they're going to be like, oh, that makes exact sense why Adam wanted to connect with me. I see a lot of similarities in what we're doing now. As far as adding a note, because this is a question that I get a lot, should I add a note to a connection request? Now, um, that is a yes and no answer. <laughs> I knew you were going to say that, damn it. <laughs> so there's three instances where I recommend adding a note to a connection request. Number one, if you know the person personally. So Adam and I connected online. He found me on LinkedIn, sent me a connection request. Hey, brother, you know, just found you on LinkedIn. Can't wait to connect and see what you're posting about. That's an immediate accept connection. We have that personal relationship. That's cool. Number two, if you were referred by someone to connect. So say I connected with someone and they were looking for a business coach. And I'm like, listen, I got the perfect guy for you. He's exactly what you need. His name is Adam Strong. I said, I want you to find him on LinkedIn, reach out to him and mention that I recommended you to connect. So Adam gets that connection request and attached to it is John, you know, hey, Adam, uh, a mutual friend of ours, Scott Aaron, said that you're the perfect business coach for me and we should reach out because he said that I could benefit a lot from what you do. Looking forward to connecting. Now, that is where you're, you're using the bridge of a mutual connection where they were referred. The third instance is if you found the person through networking. Um, maybe you listened to this podcast and you sent Adam a connection request. Love your podcast, Adam. Would love to connect. Maybe you read his book. Maybe you saw him speak at a conference. Maybe you attended a virtual event. Make mention of how you heard about this person. Don't just send, I would love to add you to my professional network. Let's connect. Like that, that's an immediate ignore, but also don't sell and pitch. You know, are you looking for 25 to 75 new qualified leads? Do you have the time for that? Because that's what we can do. You know, <laughs> click here to set up a call. That, that That's an immediate ignore, block, delete, see a sayonara, never talking to you again. <laughs> so those are the three instances. Now, so now you start sending connections you know, the, the big question that I get from someone is, you know, what do I say? You know, what do I say in a message that's going to increase the probability of someone, you know, responding, yes, would love to talk. Mm -hmm. So I call this the magic formula and there's three steps to it. Number one, you mention the person's name in a very warm and genuine fashion. Hey, Adam, so great to be connected to you. That's it. You're not writing, dear Adam, comma, space, indent, next paragraph. Hope this email finds you well or hope this message finds you well. You don't want to be too stuffy. You want to be very relaxed, very open, very humanizing, very connectable. Now, the second portion of your message is what I call the bridging of the gap or the lowering of the drawbridge. So when a bridge is up, Obviously, there's a ton of water underneath, and you're looking for a way to lower that drawbridge so traffic can start flowing back and forth. 
The best way to do that, and if you're connecting with the right person, is state the obvious relatable connecting point. So, hey, Adam, it's so great to be connected to you. I noticed that you had a business podcast, as do I. Would love to hear about it. Share more about mine and what I'm up to and how we can support one another here on LinkedIn. Now, I've done two things. Number one, I've stated the clear and obvious connection point between myself and Adam. So when he reads that, he's not going to be like, why the hell did Scott reach out to me? Now he's going to know. And there's going to be that relatable connection point where he's going to say, oh, Scott's a podcast host. I'm a podcast host. That's why he's reaching out. The second thing I did is I actually used the second most important word in the English language outside of someone's first name. And that word is support. Now, there have been scientific studies done from a psychological and emotional standpoint that proved when someone reads the word support, it actually triggers their brain to release a chemical called oxytocin. This is our feel-good brain chemical, just like dopamine or endorphins from a runner's high, um, serotonin, uh, or even cortisol. So this person is feeling good as they're reading this message. And the third and final part is you finish with a CTA, a call to action. Mm -hmm. Questions lead to answers. Statements lead to nowhere. You have to ASK to GET. You have to ask in order to get. So if you want to book a phone call, if you want to book a Zoom, you have to ask for it. So I would simply finish with, did you have any time this week or next week for a call or a Zoom? That's it. You state the person's name, reason for reaching out with that connection point and finishing with that call to action. And I promise you, when you start leveraging LinkedIn in that respect and you start messaging people that way, you will absolutely start booking more discovery calls. Love it, love it, love it. Now, question. Um, I want to go back to what you just said there because you've given us a great architecture effectively about how to connect with people. Now that would work, especially if you're like looking to collaborate or partner with someone, but what happens if you're wanting to um, build leads as an example? So say, for example, you're looking to connect with your ideal audience. Would that tactic be slightly different in, in terms of like what you would say? Same thing. So if, you know, a business coach maybe is an ideal client of yours or a corporate executive, right? It could be the same thing. You know, hey, Adam, so great to be connected to you. I noticed that you were uh, an executive in the corporate space. Um, You know, I I happen to do a lot of work uh, within the industry and, you know, profession. Uh, Would love to hear more about how things are going with you, share more about what I'm up to and how I'm assisting people in your space. Um, you know, is there a good day and time where we can hop on a Zoom or a call? So it's just rewiring and creating the connection points. You're not selling and pitching. You're just looking to build connection, trust, and rapport. You just want to get people on the phone, not to sell and pitch them on that first call, to just get to know know one another. You know, we have two ears and one mouth for a reason. So the more listening that you do, the more questions that you ask and the less talking that you do, the more likely you're going to start closing some sales organically because you're going to obviously be filling the gap and the hole and the voids that that person may be having if it's brought up in that conversation. A question. So you mentioned about adding a note. You'd only use a note on those three uh, on those three points that you've mentioned. Otherwise, you just send an, an automatic yep. um, connection request, right? 
That's it. Just send the connection because what people need to understand is when you accept a connection request that has a note attached to it, that comes up as a pre-prompted first message. Mm -hmm. So it almost defeats the purpose of what I just went over because you're not going to message someone twice in a row. So the only time you really want to leverage the adding of a note is in those three instances. Otherwise, as you mentioned, just hit connect, wait for them to accept, then send that nice genuine message after. And I suppose also you'd want to check out the other person's profile to see number one how often they might be on LinkedIn. You know, if they if they haven't if they posted like last year, then obviously they're not using LinkedIn the way they should be. So you're probably not likely to get a response and things like that, right? Yeah. So you want to make sure that you do that only after they become a connection request of yours. Uh, if you start viewing too many profiles that are second connections, LinkedIn can flag you for spammy activity if you view too many profiles in a row. So if you are going to start wanting to look at some of your connections profiles, only do it after they actually accept your connection request if you're unsure about messaging that individual. Okay. So, because yeah, because I was going to pick that up because um, – yeah, because, you know, with LinkedIn flagging you, thinking that you're some sort of spammy sales robot, you know, because they hate that kind of crap. So what you're saying yep. is request the connection first, then check out that profile afterwards. Correct. Okay, cool. Correct. And that's Because, again, it, it, if they're not a good fit, uh, you can always just remove the connection. No harm, no foul. It's not a big deal. They'll never know. That makes sense. That makes sense. That's a very good tactic. I like that. Very cool. Now, um, interestingly enough, I feel like a lot of, people really underutilize LinkedIn. So if now everyone here that's listening in, I know they're busy, right? So we're all busy people trying to run our own business. Is there, if we've only got a certain period of time, say 20, 30 minutes a day that we can dedicate to whether it be or whether it be creating content or whatever it is, are there certain habits or tactics that you tell your clients do these things for 20, 30 minutes a day, five days a week or whatever it is over the next six months and you will receive X? What are those things? Any thoughts? Yeah, so I do have something called the 20 minute a day method, something that I teach. It's everything my program is based around. So I call it your LinkedIn time. So you, you block out 20 minutes in the morning every single day and there's five specific things that you want to do. Uh, first, you send out your targeted connections to either ideal clients or collaborative power partners. The second thing you're going to do is message the new connections from the day or two days prior that accepted in the genuine fashion that we just went over. Right. The, thir- the third thing that you're going to do is you're going to produce a piece of value-added content. Now, um, I always recommend only doing this methodology as far as connecting messaging content, all that stuff, Monday through Friday. The weekends are for rest. Um, I do uh, a poll question on the weekend just to get some market research information for my content in the next week, but you don't have to do that. If you post five days a week and you do all the connecting and messaging five days a week, you'll be good as gold. Now, when it comes down to content, obviously there's different types of content that you can create. Um, you can do a post, you can do an article or newsletter, you can do a video, whether it's live or uh, native, which means pre-recorded or a poll question. Uh, I recommend doing a myriad of all of those things. So I would say do a video on Monday, whether it's live or pre-recorded. Tuesday, you want to do a long form post. Mm. Wednesday, you want to do a poll question to get some market research from your audience, the pain point or an area of struggle that they're looking for help with. 
Thursday is kind of like your wild card day where you can do either another post or even another video. And then third uh, Friday, you want to do your longest form type of post, which is an article or a newsletter. If you have turned on creator mode, you want to add an addition to your newsletter on Fridays. So that's going to keep you very visible, very present, um, and in the forefront of your network's minds. And then the fourth thing that I always recommend is using your daily notifications. So this is the little notification bell on the top right of your LinkedIn mm-hmm. uh, screen. Yep. So you can view this on the desktop or the mobile app. And it's basically LinkedIn's way of saying, hey, Scott, hey, Adam, stay in touch with your network. So um, it may say certain people are having a birthday, a work anniversary, a change of a job, a promotion. Wish those people a happy birthday. Congratulate them on their work anniversary or their promotion because that is a way to drum up more conversations because if someone responds to that, then you can see where the conversation may have left off or maybe never even happened. And that means the door of opportunity is open. So if someone responds to the, you know, congrats on the work anniversary and they thank me, I can say, you are so welcome. I know we haven't spoken before, or I know it's been a while since we last connected. Would love to hear how things are going with you, share more about what I've been up to and how we can support one another here on LinkedIn anytime for a call or Zoom this or next week. So it's an additional way to generate leads just by nurturing the people that you're connected to. Now, the fifth and final thing that I recommend is engaging in other people's content. Now, that is not you being in some sort of engagement pod, liking and loving and commenting and emojiing everyone's content. It's selecting one or two individuals that you're connected to that have posted something recently that you truly resonate with. So it's someone that has posted something and you're like, oh, that's great. I love it. So you like, love, support, whatever emoji you want to use, but also you add some value-added commentary to it. So maybe someone is talking about the power vulnerability. I can like the post and say, you know, hey, so-and-so, love this post on vulnerability. I believe that's a superpower that every business owner needs to latch on to. Thank you so much for posting this and keep up the great job. So it's adding some extra value to that person's, not only their post, but their network, but also the rapport between you and them. So that is the the five things that I do every single day. I connect, I message, produce content, nurture my network, and engage in other people's stuff. And again, in the beginning, it may take you a little bit longer, but after you rinse, wash, and repeat this a few times, 20 to 30 minutes is the only amount of time you're going to need to spend. Love it. Now, I know that we're coming towards the end of our um, chat, and I've been enjoying it thoroughly. Um, immensely, in fact. And I suppose my last question really is all around the data and analytics side of stuff, because I feel like, I don't know about you, but I'm a little bit confused as to know what is, um, you know, when you get the amount of impressions on your LinkedIn profile, the amount of people that engage with the post, how does one use the data and analytics? How do, what, what is the kind of ground figures that you can say, do you know what? This week's been a really good week, you know, in yeah. terms of engagement, in terms of impressions. Is there, is there any kind of ballpark figure that you kind of like would uh, help our listeners with? Yeah, there's two things that I always suggest. Number one is you'll know if your profile is optimized the right way 
because you'll go to the dashboard section of your profile mm. and on the far right hand side, it'll give you the amount of um, searches that you've appeared in over the last seven days. If that number is scarily low, I'm talking about non-existent, <laughs> you got to work on your profile. Um, on average, I appear anywhere between 200 to 300 um, searches a day on LinkedIn. So wow. around 1500 uh, to 2500 a week. And that gives me a lot of data because what I can do is I can click on that actual number and LinkedIn will actually show me the most popular keywords that were put into the search engine that allowed my profile to appear. So then what I can do is I can grab those specific keywords and I can flutter them even more all throughout my profile to optimize it even further. So it'll raise the chance and ability for me to keep appearing in those specific searches if it's within my ideal client's um, realm. The second thing I always do is I always, always look at the analytics of my highest engaging content. Now, what I'll say to you is I don't really push um, the likes, the love, the the all those things. Vanity the vanity metrics. doesn't, yeah. yeah, the vanity metrics don't matter to me. But what I do look at, if something really hits home, I will click on the um, the analytics of a specific post. And what I do is, and how I leverage it and how I recommend other people to, is look at, the industry or job title that is coming up in the top five or top 10, the location, if you are uh, location specific with your business, or, you know, if you're global, like myself and my wife, um, you know, again, we can connect with people anywhere in the world. Um, but also you want to look at industry. So industry, job title, location, that can give you some deeper research into who's looking at your stuff and who you should better be connecting with because whatever you're putting out there, it's resonating with those people. So those are the typical metrics that I do look at. Well, I know that we're coming towards the end of our interview. This is this has been a great show, by the way, for you guys that have been listening in. Um, I want to just do something really, really quickly for 30 seconds. All it requires is your yes, no answer, right? So yeah, here we go. LinkedIn groups, yes or no? Yes. Okay. LinkedIn audio events, yes or no? Yes. Okay, LinkedIn Live, yes or no? Hell yes. <laughs> okay, uh, let's think. That's it for now. That's it for yeah. now. Because I was, I was yeah. gonna have. Uh, there were, there were actually gonna be two more. I can't, can't remember what they were. But oh, one more. Actually, LinkedIn ads, yes or no? No. No. Okay. Good. All right. We no. got one no out. No. That one got. We got one. Yeah. No. No. No, no engagement pods. No. No LinkedIn ads, yes to LinkedIn newsletters, yes to LinkedIn creator mode, all those things, all the creator tools I love. And one other, um, there was one other as well, uh, not uh, not LinkedIn. Uh, oh, oh, LinkedIn uh, premium service, yes or no? Yeah, I, everything I teach is based on the free version of LinkedIn. So um, I, I, I don't push navigator, recruiter, um, or premium, uh, everything I teach is on the free basic version of LinkedIn because human connection is free. So yep. why not utilize it? Love it. Listen, um, guys, hope you've enjoyed today's episode with me and Scott. I certainly have. There's been lots of great value bombs that have been dropped today. Um, so what I was going to say to you, if you want to 
learn more about Scott, then do me a favor. If you're listening in, then, then what I would recommend you do is click on Scott's um, links below and do me a favor. If you do reach out to him and message him, by the way, please mention the podcast. They so can put two and two together. Scott, I just want to say thanks so much for being on the show today, buddy. Adam, thank you so much. And, and again, um, you can find me at my website or obviously my new uh, book on Amazon. We would love for people to get their hands on it. And I'm just grateful for you and your support and, uh, you know, want to keep continuing to collaborate and support each other. So just grateful for to be here. Let's do that. Well, listen, guys, hope you've enjoyed today. Uh, make sure that you give us a one or a five-star review on Apple or Spotify. We'd greatly appreciate you. And uh, great news this week, by the way. Um, we are now in the top 2% in the global rankings, which is amazing. So, um, so thanks very much to our listeners and our supporters from around the world. And we love you. And I uh, just want to say have a great day, week, month, whenever you listen to this. From me and Scott, we really appreciate you. Take care. See you soon.